The marijuana business is very successful in Detroit. The taxes are pouring in, but does everyone have an equal opportunity to make money in the marijuana industry, or is it an exclusive club? Joining us now is WJR Senior News Analyst Lloyd Jackson to talk about an effort to get more people involved in the marijuana business. Lloyd? Good morning, guys. Yeah, let's start off with uh, cannabis prices, not following the trend of other items whose prices have risen, like gas, food, and housing. Those items going up in price, the price of cannabis in Michigan, yeah, it's starting to drop. An ounce of cannabis at a recreational dispensary, $153 back in January, went up to 191 in March, but this time a year ago it was $255 an ounce, and this time two years ago it was $471 an ounce. Smaller cannabis companies say it's hard to compete with the larger cannabis companies that sell product for cheaper prices. Detroit political commentator Adolf Mongo has weighed in on the burgeoning marijuana business in Detroit and says what's happening with marijuana prices doesn't really surprise him. Marijuana is becoming what big business is um, um, red as ugly head and, and, and uh, the cannabis uh uh, war, as I called it. Now, the city, of, okay, the city of Detroit is now getting into the cannabis game after City Councilman James Tate introduced a revised ordinance that allows 100 new marijuana licenses that will be administered through a lottery process with half the licenses reserved for social equity applicants who were disadvantaged from archaic marijuana laws. Now, the original ordinance favored residents of Detroit who had lived in the city for 15 of the past 30 years and still currently live here. But a judge told counsel that original ordinance gave unfair advantage to some applicants over others. Mongo said the original ordinance was the best because it's been blacks in Detroit that have bore the brunt of long jail sentences for possessing small amounts of marijuana. And now it's time for them to get into the ownership of cannabis shops. James Tate and them don't have the guts uh, to, to, to stand up uh, to the, the court. Because all they worried about, oh, it's going to go to court. We can't have that. I thought the first ordinance they did, they 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 tried to do something like that, and I liked it. But they, you know, backed down because a federal judge said that might get overturned. So what? You got appeals and stuff. Mongo says Detroiters are being sold a bill of goods. They're just supposed to trust the process. The revised ordinance passed. Eight to one, with the lone holdout being Councilwoman Mary Waters, who said the ordinance doesn't address the obstacles that African Americans face getting into the cannabis business, like access to capital and land. And Mongrel agrees. She is absolutely correct. She's the only one that has some guts to say, uh, you know what, this this is not going to work. And here we are uh, on the outside looking in. And when these shops open up, who's going to own these shops? Majority of the people that's going to own these shops are not the folks that live in the city. Now, Mongo feels like uh, most of the land has already been purchased and people who live outside the city with deep pockets stand to benefit more from the marijuana business than those who live in the city of Detroit. So uh, uh, Adolph Mongo's interview broke up a little bit at the beginning. Was she saying that uh, the big businesses have uh, all the advantages in the uh, marijuana uh, shops and, and, and business opportunities in Detroit right now versus the little guys? Is that what he was saying? Yeah, and, and he was saying, and, and that deals with the prices as well, because, you know, prices 
have fallen because these uh, bigger companies are able to come in and sell at a at a cheaper price. Um, and, and, and it's, uh, you know, causing some issues with the prices. I mean, it was $471 an ounce two years ago. It's a 190, I believe an ounce now. So, uh, the, you know, big business is, is getting in and he, you know, he feels that, uh, outsiders will come in buy the land and maybe even try to, uh, get someone from the city of Detroit to be the front of the business to front it. But when, but somebody outside of the city of Detroit will really own the, the, the land you have this or the business and you have the lotteries that are going to be done too for these licenses. And, you know, many people don't are, are not confident that the lotteries will be fair. And so, you know, it's, it's a wait and see deal, but you, you have skepticism already at the front end, let alone the back end. I remember this uh, debate when casinos were coming to Detroit, and it was who's going to get the licenses, who's going to uh, be able to benefit from this. Will this be uh, outsiders' money coming in and making money off of Detroiters who want to gamble, or will there be real opportunity for Detroiters? And there was a lot of debate about it, but I don't know that a lot of Detroiters ever really made big money on the casino industry. This is another huge influx of money that uh, is come uh, into Detroit, this marijuana business. Uh, do you get a sense at all, Lloyd, about, uh, you know, what the face of store owners and growers is in Detroit when it comes to, to this industry? Are they, yep. are they black and brown faces? Are they, are they white faces? Are they Chaldean faces? What, are, what are, do you know? The, the the few that I do know of, and I know some people who who work in, um, you know, cannabis shops, um, they are employees. They're African American and they are employees, but the owners are usually, uh, you know, of Arab descent, a Chaldean. That I know, that just the few that I know. Now I'm sure there's more that you know, maybe you know, a, a black owner. But the ones that I know, there have been black workers. But the owner has not been African-American. And when this all started in the beginning, my recollection is that uh, pretty much you could open a store and there was lots of them. There were hundreds of them. And then the rules changed and they all closed down. And we suddenly when you're driving around the city, you'd see uh, where uh, one of these uh, marijuana shops used to be. Uh, the building's now empty. They, they they were able to operate for a year or two while Detroit was working out what the regulations and rules were going to be. But then then you had to get your license. And if you weren't one of the fortunate few that were selected, then you were out and you were shut down. Is that your recollection? Yes, absolutely. That's exactly that's exactly how it happened. And now, you know, they're going to administer these licenses through a lottery process, have the licenses reserved for social equity applicants. And, you know, people are not really feeling confident that this is going to be fair. And I just remember, too, uh, Kevin, the, the when the casinos came here, you know, the city of Detroit missed out on a lot of money years before the casinos came because, you know, it, it would be on the ballot. And people would turn it down. It wasn't until Casino Windsor was built across the water when people start seeing all those cars go across right, the bridge right. that Detroiters said, oh, uh, I think we need to do that. And Adolph says it's happening here now that the citizens of Detroit missed out on a lot of money. And now, you know, city council is just now getting on board. And then this process, he thinks, is, is flawed. And so, you know, we'll just have to see what happens. 
Yeah, well, it is, you know, if, if, if this is about Detroit and Detroit residents, and uh, I don't know what the makeup of Detroit is right now, 85% African-American, something like that, uh, they then if, if, if they want uh, representation to look like the city, they, they should bend over backwards to make sure that African-Americans are able to get uh, as many of these hundred new licenses as possible. But just having watched this in the past, what happens is somebody with uh, more money is able to get the right piece of land. And there's so many regulations that if you're within a thousand feet of a school or a park or probably a hundred other things that you, that you can't be near um, to, to be able to to buy the right land that fits and, 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 and fits all of the regulations, uh, it's very difficult and very expensive because those those locations have been identified by the industry. And so it, it's going to be hard for people to get those without help. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, the original ordinance, uh, you know, favorite was more favorable to residents of Detroit. And, you know, the judge came to the came to city council and say, hey, you know, that's probably not going to work. You know, you're giving an unfair advantage to some of the applicants over others and it's probably not going to work. So it spooked the city council and then they made this revised one to try to broaden it, but still try to have more, um, you know, uh, African-American people of color, but was trying to make sure it didn't get, you know, um, thrown out you know, from a judge. All right. Well, let's you and I keep track of those hundred licenses and see who they end up going to. Uh, Lloyd Jackson, appreciate it as always. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Kevin. We'll be right back. You're listening to WJR 760 AM, the great voice of the Great Lakes.